Eric Metaxas Show. They say it's a thin line between love and hate, but we're working every day to thicken that line, or at least uh, make it a double or triple line. Uh, now, here's your line-jumping host, Eric Metaxas! Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. On this program, I interview, uh, oh, I don't know, let's call them people. And uh, one of those people... Uh, is named John Zmirak, and it's my privilege and joy and horror on some level to talk to John Zmirak. John Zmirak, welcome. It's like going to the doctor, you know? It's like you're happy when the colonoscopy is over, but the pressure... No, you- <laughs> Look, you, the, only, the only thing horrific about talking to you is that, you know, you're, you're talking about some things that we need to hear that are true, and, you know, that can be painful, but good ultimately healing. Um, I want to, speaking of ultimately healing, we're talking about, um, you know, a lot of stuff on this program that is, it's difficult. And I want to exhort people every moment that I have to go to metaxastalk.com and to free a slave in Southern Sudan. This is an opportunity we have on this program. It's crazy. We get to do this folks. It is crazy. It's, it's sort it's sort of like, you know, as bad as things are, you can always do something beautiful and good and true. Um, and so go to metaxastalk.com. You'll see the banner. The phone number is 888-253-3522. Don't you want to do something beautiful and positive and good today? 888-253-3522. And John's Merrick, in hour two today, um, we have on a guest that is a little mind-blowing um, it is Donald Trump in a Santa Claus costume, or it's at least somebody who sounds uh, and talks in every way so much like Donald Trump that it's going to freak some people out. Ladies and gentlemen, be prepared to be freaked out. If your children are grounded, uh, they can watch and listen. If not, I think you want to send them out of the room because it's going to get crazy in hour two. But the, you're going to traumatize John, an entire. You no, know, it's it's the guy with the, the comedian Johnny D who does this. He's he's unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll see. You'll see. This is a very special Christmas treat uh, coming up uh, in hour two today. OK, John Zmirak, we've got a lot to talk about. I'd like first to talk to you. Tell my audience about this Rob Reiner movie it's unbelievable stuff here unbelievable and depressing and yet let's talk about it okay rob reiner is the maker of some really good movies such as this is spinal tap one of the funniest films ever made uh rob rob reiner spinal tap was a mock documentary about a brit a ridiculous british heavy metal band and it was a ludicrous parody of the heavy metal genre designed to make it look ridiculous by grossly exaggerating the facts. Rob Reiner has just released a movie called God and Country, which is a ludicrous parody of conservative Christians designed to make them look ridiculous by grossly exaggerating or distorting the facts. The problem is this movie is not intended as a comedy. It's intended as a propaganda film, a propaganda film aimed at disenfranchising frightening, stigmatizing, and scapegoating faithful Christians, basically, especially pro-life Christians. The, the 
impetus for the film we've seen from some some public writing and, and publicity materials. The impetus for the film was the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So when Rob Reiner says, I'm worried about conservative Christians who want to uh, force everyone to to obey the book of Leviticus and stone disobedient children and 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 kill people for adultery and Christian Sharia. When he says all that, remember, he's only he only started making the film because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So it's all about killing babies. OK, and now I want to be clear. There's some people that don't know this before you uh, yeah. continue, as 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 you will, obviously. Um, people need to understand in case they don't, there's some people that don't know Rob Reiner played Mike Stivic, the meathead on all in the family, right? He's the son of the comedy legend, Genius. Carl Reiner, right. um, w- w- you know, showbiz royalty. And I don't think Rob person? Reiner is an evil person, but when it comes to politics, when it comes to Christians, he could not be more wrong. And as John just said, and John said this for a purpose, the point of making the film and wait till you hear who's in the film, because get ready, get ready. The point of Rob Reiner making the film to demonize, quote unquote, Christian nationalists like Eric Metaxas and John Zmirak and most of the people listening to this program. The trigger point was the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Wow. So we know where he's coming from. We know the point of the movie. And let me ask, John. Who is in the movie? Oh, wait, uh, all right. Well, I was going to I would rather save that. that. There are some very prominent self-styled c- Christians in the film. But before we announce who they are, we need to talk about what a hateful piece of propaganda it is. I think that it will have more impact that way. Um, this film, I compare it in my piece at stream.org. Uh, the title is Rob Reiner Wants Jim Crow for Christians. Rob Reiner wants Jim Crow for Christians. This movie, God and Country, is from what I've seen in the trailer and what I've read about it, because it's not available yet for review. It's eerily similar to the 1915 black and white classic, The Birth of a Nation. That was one of the most, one of the first big Hollywood big screen epics. It's silent. And it's a film about how great the Ku Klux Klan is. That's right. One of the most popular movies in America, which Woodrow Wilson screened at the White House because he thought it was so important, was all about the rise of the Ku Klux Klan. The Klu Klu- In the film, they show the South after the Civil War and they warn of the dangers of blacks being allowed to vote. And the whole film is about how dangerous it is when black people are allowed to vote. And it shows like the state legislatures of various southern states where uh, federal troops were enforcing voting rights for black citizens for a few years after the Civil War. It shows the state legislatures in chaos, people eating fried chicken in the in, in the legislature, putting their feet up, ogling white women. And the whole point of the film is if you let blacks vote, they will legalize interracial marriage because they all want to get their hands on our women. It's that crude and that offensive and that appalling movie. And it was enormously popular. D.W. Griffith, who made it for decades, had the D.W. Griffith Award at the Academy. They finally got rid of it because of this racist film. But this film was designed to in, to help keep black people away from the voting booth because they were judged to be too dangerous, too primitive, too crazy to vote. 
The point of Rob Reiner's movie, God and Country, is to keep Christians away from the voting booth because we are too dangerous and too crazy and too extreme to be allowed to vote. That is the whole point of it. I think it's also the point of prosecuting the January 6th election integrity protesters. If you try to ensure honest elections in America, we are going to put you in prison in solitary confinement. Uh, it's all part of the same thing. Remember that the Democratic Party reimposed its control of the South after the Civil War using the Ku Klux Klan. There have been black legislators, black governors elected after the Civil War. The Klan rose up, stuffed ballot boxes, terrorized black voters, out, put in all these poll taxes, and the blacks did not get their civil rights for 100 years after that. And the Ku Klux Klan was the political street militia of the Democratic Party. And the film Birth of a Nation in 1915 helped relaunch the Klan as a powerful political movement. Thousands of them were marching the streets of Ohio and Connecticut. They were a huge political force. The closest thing I can say to them now is Antifa and Black Lives Matter, who are currently the street militia of the Democratic Party to terrorize their opponents. Okay, when we come back, folks, we are going to tell you three very prominent Christian figures who are in the film made by Rob Reiner, who's not a Christian uh, and who is a liberal activist to demonize Christians. We're going to tell you the names. I mean, it, I, I, you just wait. Now, we're going to go to the break. Uh, before that, this is your opportunity to call 888-253-3522 to free a slave, 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522. Folks, right now in other parts of the world, people's lives are being threatened simply for believing in Jesus. People have been enslaved for their faith. So listeners to this show know that I'm passionate about the work of Christian Solidarity International because they protect and free those who are being persecuted and enslaved for their Christian faith. I've got to thank you for your life-changing generosity for years now. If you've given a CSI through this program, you have played a role in freeing literally thousands of captives. So as we near the end of this year, can I ask you to give once again your gift of just $250 will free a woman in Sudan who has been enslaved for years. You can buy a believer's freedom and provide her with food and other supplies necessary to start her new life. Just $250. Maybe you can give more and free more people. Call 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522, or go to metaxastalk.com. Please do it, metaxastalk.com. <laughs> Before we tell you the names of the three Christians um, who are in this wicked film made by Rob Reiner to demonize Christians who love America, uh, I want to remind you, as much as we focus uh, on these horrible things because we need to tell the truth and we need to let you know what is going on in America, um, uh, there are positive things we can do. Uh, you can go to metaxastalk.com. And you can literally free a slave. The details are at metaxastalk.com. You'll see the banner. Uh, so far, uh, we are at 27% of our goal. We really um, uh, have to step it up. Uh, we have freed uh, about 185 
slaves. That's the latest update. This is on this program, folks. This is talk about doing something beautiful. Uh, I think, you know, while we are um, fighting these battles uh, and talking about these dark things, uh, we need to do some good. It's a way of worshiping God by doing good. Uh, The number, if you want to call the number, 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522. And again, it's metaxastalk.com. Got to do some beautiful things to give ourselves hope uh, in the midst of this battle. So, John. Well, I was talking about Rob Reiner's new anti-Christian propaganda film, God and Country. And I want to remind people, there, there have been violent hate attacks against faithful Christians. That transgender shooter in Nashville, the police suppressed her manifesto. The scraps of it that were leaked to the public show she was targeting conservative Christians for being conservative Christians, shooting them, shooting their children. Uh, Just a couple of days ago, a priest was killed in Nebraska by someone who has all sorts of social media posts about how he hates the Christian church, and he's also a big fan of Black Lives Matter. Uh, The FBI has sent spies to infiltrate conservative Catholic parishes just because their people are pro-life. So this is a movie aimed at the pro-life movement and the Christian church. All right. Do you know who took part in it? Russell Moore and David French. Russell Moore is one of the narrators of this film. David French goes on and talks about how dangerous Christian nationalism is. And again, remember, Christian nationalism is just a leftist dog whistle to to refer to the pro-life movement and the pro-family movement, protecting children from transgender groomers and protecting unborn babies from being murdered. That's all Christian nationalism is in the eyes of the people who are talking about it. I call Christian nationalism the N-word for Christians. It is hate speech. It was invented by people like the Southern Poverty Law Center as a fundraising tool. They invented the term Christian nationalism so that they could send little letters out saying dangerous Christian nationalists. And the people who read it hear Christian nationalists, they think white nationalists. Just the way people like you and I and Dinesh D'Souza and the majority of Americans who question whether there's something fishy about the 2020 election, they invented a dog whistle for that. We are election deniers as if we were Holocaust deniers. You get the tactic? I've I've also heard people called climate deniers, to which I say, yes, I'm a climate denier. The earth has no climate. I deny that the earth has a climate. I don't believe in the atmosphere. There's nothing in scripture about an atmosphere. Okay, so, John. um, They want you to believe. I don't want to I don't want to forget. I won't forget, but uh, I have to mention it. So this horrible, hateful, propagandistic film designed to demonize Christians in America, uh, made by Rob Reiner, called God and Country, has in it uh, Russell Moore, who is the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. Which was founded by Billy Graham, who stood for everything the film is attacking. Remember, Mm -hmm. Russell Moore was head of the Religious Liberty lobbying group for the Southern Baptist Convention for years. And he was the one attacking Donald Trump and saying Christians shouldn't vote for him. In other words, he's been an infiltrator the whole time. And okay. And out. and uh, David French, we've spoken about him on this program. Yeah, David, David French <laughs> claims to be some kind of conservative Christian. Uh, at this point, when, when you are participating, uh, and by the way, the, uh, Phil Vischer, who created Tales. 
uh, is also a prominent voice in the film. So here you have a film created because liberals are furious at the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And they want to demonize Christians. They want to demonize Christians who are involved in the political process, which is our right as Christians. It is our, our sorry, our right as Americans, our duty as Christians. They want to demonize them. Who do they find to help them do that? Russell Moore, David French, and Phil Vischer. It's, and a bunch of others, too. It's very is, upsetting. I'd like to know who else, of course. Um, someone named Andrew Whitehead, someone named Dumez. She wrote the book on John Wayne and American Christianity. Just yeah. the usual people, the usual so-called Christians who want to, who are desperate to appear on national public radio, desperate to be covered in the Washington Post, desperate to be seen as respectable intellectuals. Uh, basically, they they're willing to do anything for Caesar, Mammon, and Sodom in order to wipe off the taint of being associated with dangerous snake handlers like you and me. <laughs> it, it's it, it's hard to, to see this happening. I mean, listen, F Phil Vischer was a friend. Um, and I, when I, um, you know, again, out of my own conscience was tweeting that I don't think it's a good idea to get the vaccines. Now, first of all, it's my right to say that. And I'm saying it because I care about people, even if I'm wrong, it turns out I'm not wrong, but he, um, you know, accused me publicly of spreading misinformation. And it's it's again, we're living through a hard time. People that were friends, people that we agreed with on most things, um, they've gone over to the other side and they think they're doing God's will. But I can just assure you, folks, that this film uh, is it is propagandistic. It is spreading lies about Christians. And as most people listening no i wrote a book called letter to the american church where i try to make the biblical case of why we must be involved in culture and in politics and so when you have people trying to keep us from doing that i think they're just scared that we might win we might abolish slavery oh yeah christians abolished slavery we yes. might abolish jim crow laws oh yeah the churches abolished jim crow laws when christians get involved in things good things tend to happen but these people don't think abolishing abortion is a good thing. And so they've enlisted Russell Moore, David French and Phil Vischer to help them sell the story of how politically active Christians are power hungry, culture warrior maniacs, and they need to be demonized and ostracized. And that's what the film is about. These kinds of films have often been the precursors to active persecution. Um, during the French Revolution, when the when the radicals who took over France wanted to execute thousands of priests and nuns, they, they the excuse they used was that the church was going to restart the Spanish Inquisition, which, of course, had never even existed in France. But people didn't look at it too closely. And they used that as the pretext to slaughter thousands, hundreds of innocent priests and nuns and thousands of Catholic peasants in the region called the Vendée, where they were resisting the attacks on Christianity by the government. In Nazi Germany, they, they, they demonized the churches as being foreign agents of foreign powers. Uh, in the Soviet Union, in communist China, they always find pretexts to persecute. They never admit we're persecuting you because you believe in Christ, because you defend the innocents from violence. 
They always make up some other excuse, some grotesque caricature, and they find willing traitors within our midst who are willing to work alongside them in order to win control in little internal battles. It reminds me of when the Germ- when the Nazis conquered France. They found people like Patan and Laval to form the Vichy government that would cooperate with the Germans in return for gaining power and getting to punish their enemies. Right now, Russell Moore and David French and all these other people involved in the Carl Reiner film, they are essentially like the Vichy French, collaborating with an anti-Christian movement to punish the people they have grudges against, who they distrust, whom they've been fighting for control of the Christian subculture for the last 20 years. And of course... They're convinced they're doing the right thing. Let's not kid ourselves. They're absolutely convinced they're doing the right thing. Uh, I'm very sorry to say that my friend Cal Thomas uh, is featured in a piece in Vanity Fair. It's the same thing. Vanity Fair wants to demonize Christians who are involved in the political process. And so they go and they have a nice sit down with Cal Thomas Uh, And he seems to give them the kind of information they're looking for. I guess he thought he was doing uh, the right thing. But it's so, Eric, there were some black actors involved in making the birth of a nation. Most of the roles, though, the really prominent roles were played by white actors in blackface because they couldn't find black men willing to be that grotesque and that offensive. But we but they have been able to find Christians willing to make the birth of a nation about him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that's true. We'll be back with John Smirak. To hear in the snow. Welcome back. We're talking to John Smirak. John, uh, we've talked about this really talk about a hit piece, this God and country film demonizing Christians. More of this stuff's going to come out, folks, because people are um, they're freaked out that, you know, scary Christians are going to impose God's values uh, on America through, you know, the political process. Like we're not supposed to do that. Just hide in your churches and, and let the demons take over. So thank you, Phil Vischer. Thank you, Russell Moore. Thank you, David French, for collaborating uh, with the enemies of God in our time. Um, we we should switch uh, uh, to the other article that you wrote, John, at stream.org. Go ahead. The point of the movie God and Country is that Christians are power hungry, that we have an extremist ideology, a totalitarian system we want to impose on the whole country by force. And this could not be further from the truth. In fact, what we as Christians want for the federal government to do is a, is a really short list of things. We would like to see unborn children protected. We would like to see young children protected from groomers who are trying to recruit them for transgender sterilization and castration and physical castration in our schools without the parents' knowledge. We want to protect parents from losing custody of their kids to the school psychiatrist who says, oh, your son is trans. If you don't agree, we're taking him away from you, as they just passed a law to that effect in California. Um, or I think they passed the law or it may still be up for consideration. Uh, Joe Biden just imposed a policy. You can't adopt children unless you believe in transgenderism. So basically, Christians need not apply to adopt children. Um, we What we would do is ban a few really grotesque abuses like that and control immigration 
and I don't know, maybe get women out of combat in the military. But I, I don't think we have a very big agenda. We don't want to run people's lives. We want to stop them from running our lives. We believe that the natural law, divine revelation, and, and the accumulated wisdom of millennia called tradition, these things work. So if you let people pursue these values, they don't. you don't need the government to impose it upon them. You just need the government not to impose false, evil ideologies on them and use the power of the government to disrupt their families, disrupt their communities, to take away their children and impose filth and toxic stuff on them in every medium of their lives. So we are actually for small government. We want to make a few changes in the federal government. But apart from that, we'd be willing to let the people in the blue states run themselves into the ground if they insist on doing so. We'll pray for them. We'll try to convert them. But none of us are going to try to impose congregationalism as the official religion in Connecticut, as it used to be at the founding. None of us are going to try to enforce the Bible being taught in public schools in Wisconsin or even in Mississippi. We actually just want mostly to be left alone while taking care of a few grotesque abuses like the murder of unborn children. The left, on the other hand, has a utopian agenda. They want to remake everyone's lives, control everyone's families, censor everyone's speech, control what vaccines we take, what medicines we take. They want drugstores not to fill our prescriptions from our doctors if the World Health Organization, controlled by China, doesn't approve of ivermectin. They want enormous power over us. And the reason for that is they don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell. They, the only kingdom of heaven they can imagine is one created on earth by human hands. And in order to do that, you need enormous power. And that's why the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany and other utopian, secular, godless regimes insisted on taking over every aspect of every citizen's lives and micromanaging everyone. The people who are now in charge in America of our elites at the universities in the media have bought into this kind of utopian ideology. And it's because they're godless. It's because they don't have any hope for the next life. So they, this life is all the marbles. It's everything. So we have to do whatever we have to, whatever we can, to get as much power as possible, to control people as minutely as possible in order to fix them, to make their lives better in this miserable veil of tears. So what the left has been doing in America is actually following the Nazi playbook, not the communist playbook. Don't bother calling the left Marxists. It doesn't bother them. Call them Nazis because they are acting like the Nazis. The Nazis' biggest tactic when they came to power, and you would know this, Eric, from your book on Bonhoeffer, was anarcho-tyranny. That's anarchy for me, tyranny for thee. My rioters, my Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters, can destroy entire cities and take over sections of cities and run them as communes with automatic weapons for weeks at a time. And the mayor will call it a summer of love. And nobody will be prosecuted. 13 Americans were killed during the George Floyd riots. Nobody was prosecuted. On the other hand, a few little old ladies take selfies at the Capitol on January 6th. They're going to solitary confinement. Do you know to this day, 
U.S. air marshals are no longer riding domestic flights to to look out for terrorism because they're too busy researching every single human being who flew for any reason to Washington, D.C. before January 6th, 2020. That is a fact. That was admitted by someone from the air marshals union. They are not protecting us from terrorists. They're protecting us from ourselves. Uh, The left wants absolute power over every minute aspect of our lives. And in order to justify their quest for power, they're painting us as dangerous, violent, theocratic terrorists. That's what every totalitarian regime does. When the Nazis arrested people, they said they were Bolsheviks. They said they were radicals. They were subversives. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with John Zmerich. In the meantime, go to metaxistalk.com. Do something great today. Do something beautiful for God. Metaxistalk.com. You'll see the CSI banner. Thank you. Talking to John Zmirak. And John, in the article, you make the point, and this is the point I make wherever I go. We cannot be discouraged by these attacks, by people uh, really mouthing the devil's view that Christians should not be activists. We should not take our faith and our beautiful scriptural view of humanity into the public sphere, into the political sphere. Oh, no, no, no. We shouldn't do that. We should stay in our little churches and mind our own business. That's the devil's kind of church. It's God's will that we take God's values, which are going to bless people into the public sphere. They call it, oh, you're just a culture warrior. Oh, you're just a Christian nationalist. No, it's called being a Christian. It's called living out your faith in every sphere. And God calls us to do that. What you just said could have been taken from Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail. He was talking about the need to bring Christian values into the public square, while the the ministers who supported segregation were saying, oh, keep the Bible out of politics. You don't want to you don't want the church running the state. If the citizens of Alabama want segregation, you can't be some Bible thumper and say Jesus doesn't like it. That violates the separation of church and state. The same arguments that were used to defend segregation and Jim Crow were you are being used now to defend abortion and the transgender groomers. Um, what the way I conclude this article, and I can't do better than just quick read the last two paragraphs. People who've bought into the left's ideology didn't do so based on reasoned arguments, but because they want to be on the side of the winners. The only way to disillusion these people and get them to repent is for us to win instead. It's a sad fact of fallen human nature. People flock to the powerful in the hope of gaining protection. So becoming weak and remaining so is not a godly option. As little as power over our fellow man interests us in itself, It's our duty to fight ferociously to gain it, if only to keep the abortionists away from the babies and the groomers away from the kids. The men like my uncle Bob Williams, who landed on the beach in Normandy, they weren't warriors. They weren't interested in conquest. They didn't start the fight, but God called on them to finish it. So we are all in the position of Winston Churchill and Charles de Gaulle and Franklin Roosevelt and Harry Truman. None of them wanted to conquer Germany. None of them wanted to nuke Japanese cities. They didn't sit around fantasizing. You don't, you won't find a book like Mein Kampf written by Harry Truman, where he talks about his lifelong dream of liquidating Japanese civilians. These were grim necessities imposed on them by the fact of power hungry 
crazy ideologues trying to control the world, trying to control people's lives, trying to kill the innocent. We are in that position today. And so when people tell you, uh, don't get involved in politics, don't fight these fights, I want to be clear. It's the voice of the devil. That is not God's will. It is God's will that you would, um, for God's purposes, work uh, to get political power, work to get cultural power. Why? To use it for God's purposes, not to use it for your own ends as they lie. They make it sound like you want power. John just made the case. That's just nonsense. Don't believe those lies. Uh, It's our job to shine for God, to do what he calls us to do and to be active in the public sphere for the sake of strangers uh, who are going to benefit when Christians are active in the public sphere doing God's will. John, um, we uh, we were going to talk about a, a movie, Angel Studios. A lot of people know they did The Sound of Freedom. They're doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, They're doing the Bonhoeffer film that's coming out next year. I'm so excited. Ladies and gentlemen, it has my full approval. I am thrilled to death that the Bonhoeffer film uh, is being done by Angel Studios. It's not uh, based on my book officially, but I approve the film officially. It's amazing. Angel Studios just came out with a film called, I forget, what's it called? It's called The Shift, and it's out in theaters today. And it's really interesting. Uh, The best way to describe it is the book of Job meets the matrix. It is very explicitly an adaptation of the book of Job. How do I know that? They put title cards with quotes from the book of Job up on the screen at several points in the movie. So I'm not reading into it. Okay. Uh, I know I had one of the producers of the film uh, two weeks ago uh, on this program. And he, he explicitly said it's, it's basically like a takeoff, a modern day takeoff on the book of Job. So of course that's true. And it's got some amazing acting. The star is Christopher Palaha. He is a veteran of a lot of Hallmark movies, but he's fantastic and he deserves to be in a big, on the big, big screen. And he does a great job starring as the kind of Job character. It's got as the villain, as the Satan figure. Remember in Job, the Satan is the accuser. He, he asks God, he makes a bet with God. Look at this guy, Job. He's just, he's virtuous. And he loves you, but he only loves you because he's he's financially comfortable. He's got a nice marriage. He's got a nice family. If I have, if you let me afflict him, if you let me test his faith by making him suffer, he will curse you to your face. That 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 is the bet that the devil makes with God. Well, this film is all about that. This film depicts that in a kind of postmodern world using science fiction, like a science fiction scenario um, in the film. The, the devil has the ability to take people and put them in alternative timelines. Like, this is how your life would be if this had happened. This is how it would be if that had happened. And he uses that as a way to tempt people to serve him. Uh, the devil in it is played by Neil McDonough, who's the white-haired actor you might remember from Yellowstone and the Green Arrow and Band of Brothers. He's a really devout Catholic who always plays villains. He plays the most chilling villains. He's so good at it. And... As an extra bonus, you have Sean Astin. He played Sam Gamgee in, in The Lord of the Rings. So it's got a really terrific cast. It's got good special effects. It's got does really good job of what we call world building. When you watch a science fiction film that has a sort of an alternative reality, is that reality consistent? Is it convincing? Do you get drawn in? Do you suspend your disbelief? And all of that is true. 
Uh, it's like The Matrix or another great movie like that in that genre called Dark City. I don't know if you ever saw Dark City with Kiefer Sutherland. I think it's better than The Matrix. It's a neglected classic, came out like 1998. So as a science fiction film, it works. As an adaptation of the Book of Job, it works pretty darn well. Uh, it shows the fight between good and evil. It shows someone suffering terrible temptations and resisting and openly doing so out of faithfulness to God. It's well I want to hear more about this. We're going to go to a break, folks. Don't forget, go to metaxastalk.com. Free a slave. Click on the CSI banner. It's the greatest thing you could ever do. Talk about the meaning of Christmas Jesus coming into the world to free the captives. You could do that literally uh, because of CSI. Go to metaxistalk.com. We'll be right back. The streets covered white with snow. Happy smiles everywhere you go. It's Christmas night in Harlem. People are feeling mighty good. Okay, John, um, you're talking about the shift, uh, praising the film. Um Recently, I've discovered the uh, the director, Alexander Payne. Now, his films aren't on any level uh, Christian or, or whatever. Okay. Some of them have some sexual content and stuff, but really uh, an, an amazing and original filmmaker. His new film is called The Holdovers, which I really liked very, very much. You saw that. Actually, I recommended I think I recommended you see it based on Mark Judge, our friend Mark Judge, the great hero of the Kavanaugh hearings, the, who was targeted by the left for a campaign of slander as he recounts in his new book, The Devil's Triangle. Everyone should buy it. Uh, Mark Judge writes for the stream. He is actually our most popular writer. I'm number two. And I don't mind a bit. Mark Judge is fantastic. And he wrote a review on the holdovers and the crisis of male mentors. Um one of the most important things for men is to have role models, is to have someone to look up to. And increasingly with divorce and single parenthood and other th other problems, young men are growing up without men they can look up to. Uh, and in fact, the, a lot of the homosexual subculture comes from young men being groomed and recruited by older men who turn out to be predators. Uh, what, what, why is it so important for young men to have older, good, virtuous men to model themselves on? What would such a mentor look like? In the movie, The Holdovers, the great Paul Giamatti, the son of, who was the guy who was the president of Yale when we were there, uh, Paul Giamatti plays a lonely middle-aged bachelor who is a teacher at a New England prep school, and he gets stuck over Christmas break with one student who's been abandoned by his family for Christmas because his, his, his mom has divorced his father and married a new man. And the new man doesn't want him around. His father, it turns out is in a mental institution because he had a nervous breakdown. He's actually kind of, he's actually psychotic. So this young man is unmoored. He's unhinged. He acts out. He has authority problems. Even though he's brilliant, he won't do his work. He keeps getting kicked out of schools. And the, the film shows him with first in friction with and then gradually coming to admire and bond with the Paul Giamatti character uh, and actually becoming a man, actually maturing and overcoming his crazy, toxic, rebellious streak and becoming a more mature and responsible person because of the self-sacrifice 
of the Paul Giamatti character, who really does give up everything for this young man who's one of his students in order to save the young man from a really destructive situation in his family. It's a powerful and beautiful movie. It's a Christmas movie, and I can recommend it to people of all ages. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, if there's anything in there that people would be offended by, probably cursing, probably whatever. I mean, you know, uh, but it's interesting. Alexander Payne, the director, uh, he's very he's a very nuanced, uh, wonderful filmmaker. He made a film uh, we saw the other night called Downsizing, which is insane and interesting. We could talk about that another time. He I think his picture Sideways uh, also starring Paul Giamatti in 2017, won Best Picture of the Year, won the Oscar. And, you know, again, there's some... He did a lecture with Matthew Broderick, one of my favorites. There's some actor. there's some gross sexual stuff in uh, in Sideways, but it is so funny and it's it's amazing. So, uh, you know, it depends on what your tastes are, but I just thought uh, we should talk about film more in the program. We're out of time. John Zmerich, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Uh, folks, I just want to remind you over and over again before... We go to our Trump impersonator. We really need you to help us. Go to metaxastalk.com and click on the CSI banner. Do what you can. God bless you. Santa Claus is coming to town.